Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. Here this week with Art McPherson and Luke McCarty of the team. I'm Jennifer Perry. Check us out online. You can connect with us there anytime. If you have some questions you'd like to address here on the podcast, drop us that email at artofmoneyradio.com. Again, that website is artofmoneyradio.com. Whole new decade, whole new year, guys. And uh, it's interesting because I do think we tend to make resolutions this time of year. Art started on his a few months ago. You've, you're going to tackle the mountain again this year, right? 29,029 feet, the equivalent <laughs> of Mount Everest, but we're doing it in Idaho this year. Okay. And we have 36 hours to do this, and it is an endurance event. And if anybody has done hiking or backpacking, this is a completely different animal. We are not going crisscross across the mountain up. We are going straight up a black diamond ski run. Oh. So you go straight up the mountain for each um, section is 2,200 feet. Oh. And you go down the gondola. You walk straight up. Then you go down the gondola and repeat. So yeah. I am in the middle of my weight loss, which was no carbs, no sugar. Two exceptions were... When we had Christmas, uh-huh. I ate my normal Christmas day. Of course. And then when we had Thanksgiving, I ate my yeah. normal Thanksgiving day. Good. But I lose three days when I do that because your body goes out of fat burning mode. Right. But I am definitely doing well. Mm-hmm. Still beating Luke. We have a private competition between the two of <laughs> There's us. There's always a competition between you two. <laughs> he is beating me, but I kept saying my diet starts January 2nd. So right? I'm, yeah. back, I'm back on it. Because he has till June. <laughs> That's right. We've got some time here, but uh, Luke, any other but resolutions? Julie's looking great too, isn't oh, she? Oh yeah, she she's is. doing awesome on this challenge. Coach Julie. So, Coach Julie. Luke, any other uh, resolutions you're making? No, um, I am not joining Art on the mountain climbing event. <laughs> um, when he asked me last year, my knee started hurting. <laughs> just, just thinking about just it. Just because of the request. So, but, uh, um, <laughs> he's had two knee surgeries for being a football player. So. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not risking that one. I don't want to be on crutches for the the last half of 2020. That is not right. my goal. And with a nine month old, I don't want to put him in that. I want to be able to bend no. down and play. Yeah. Right. My wife, Stacy may be mad at me if I'm, if I'm crutched up for six months. Yeah. We already had enough broken bones in the, in the family last year. Right. right. Very true. Yeah. Your wife, yeah. you had to step in and hold the baby a lot more yeah. for her. So yeah, we cannot have another injury this year. So that's the goal guys. Let's stay so what's uninjured. what's the big one for JP this year? Um, you know, I like to do races, nothing like the mountain climbing challenge, but I like to to do 10Ks, half marathons throughout the year. So this year, my immediate goal is don't get any slower. That, don't get like, any slower. Just don't get any slower. Yeah, because I that tend to do the like same races. That sounds like a maintain. Yeah. Well, hey, but I'm getting older, and like Luke, the knee is always an issue. So I'm trying to just maintain, and there's nothing. You could do wrong a bike ride. No, <laughs> don't try to talk me into anything else. <laughs> But uh, no, I think I've, I'm setting out my goals. I am always in goal setting mode, though, guys. So I, I set out things. And I'm like, okay, let's look at the next 90 days. What can I do differently here and there? So I think it's a constant evaluation because I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves with resolutions, too. And that's why most people don't stick to them past like three weeks, right? Very typical. That is the, yeah. what's the average? Probably two, three weeks or, I mean, my weight loss journey ends in about a month, so. <laughs> He's already calling it on that. He's already calling it. February. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see how long oh, they last. But Well, if you do it for more than three weeks, then it becomes a habit. Right. Yes. That's true. So, so guys, how can we take this and, and maybe apply some financial resolutions that we're going to actually stick with past that three week mark? Write them down. Write them down. Okay. Write them down. As soon as you write them down, they become a goal. 
You know, I mean, you basically have to go from an ideal to a goal. So mm-hmm. a goal has to be written down, has to be measurable, has to be attainable. It can't be something that's not attainable, has to be defined. So you have to have a parameter and it has to have a timeline attached to it. So if you have if you meet those qualifications in it, then you've just changed an ideal to a goal. So everybody has the ideal of retiring. Mm -hmm. But if you don't set what retirement looks like and you don't have any parameters around that, it's just an ideal. Yeah. And you're never going to do anything. And it's amazing to me. I mean, I have seen client after client after client that comes in and they think they cannot afford to retire. And we just refocus them a little bit and their brain goes to work. I mean, (laughs) they will balk at us. Um, Maybe they're doing the minimum. uh, As an example, they're doing six percent, you know, of a into a 401k because that's where their employer matches. But then we just start showing them some of the things like, hey, you legally can deduct, you know, up to $25,000 a year now because of the IRS rules. You know, you have your 18,000 plus your catch-up provision of 7,000 and all the different things we can do. And all of a sudden, you know, six becomes eight, becomes 10, becomes 12, becomes 15, becomes 18. All of a sudden they're max funding. Yeah. Where, you know, they're, and all of a sudden their portfolio is just accelerating and it's just like on steroids. So we can make up for lost time sometimes. And, and when they really set a goal and it really becomes real, all of a sudden they get excited about it. Uh, Guys, since we were busy, of course, during the holidays, I think a lot of people probably missed some headlines out of Washington. We actually got an end of year surprise with Congress approving some major changes in the way that we plan for retirement. And Perhaps the biggest one that I see here is the age for taking RMDs or required minimum distributions. Do you see that as a biggie? That's a biggie. We saw this um, potentially coming, you know, into December. However, you know, the government and the Congress just kind of <laughs> slid it in with the spending bill. Yeah, they were uh-huh. busy with other things. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, impeachment was going on. But yeah, this this got tailored in there. And we had been worried that this might happen because there's some changes there that we were that are not helpful to our clients. I'll put it that way. Hmm. OK, right. So the week of Christmas, I think I got signed in. And, you know, what you're saying on required minimum distributions, you know, there are still some grandfather rules. There's a little bit of gray area still. But, um, you know, going forward, you know, it used to be if you turned age 70 and a half in the calendar year, you had to start your required minimum distributions. Right. However, they pushed that back to age 72. Oh, we got so rid of the half age. Yay. We got rid of the half. <laughs> we did. Thank God. So that we, caused a lot of confusion. That was, yeah, that was weird. Your half birthday, you better do something. <laughs> who, do, who does that? And we're not, you know, we're not right. great. The government. The Come government. on. The government. Um, so that can be seen as a positive. However, the one negative that we're working with clients with is inherited IRAs, you used to be able to stretch those out over the beneficiary's lifetime. However, now if it's a non-spousal beneficiary, the account must be depleted in 10 years or less. But there's no required minimum distributions like the Benny IRA distributions. Mm -hmm. It's just you have 10 years to liquidate the account and pay taxes. You decide. So a lot of planning can go into that. So we used to be able to stretch that tax over somebody's lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, and and the thing that's nice about that is if you got a pretty sizable account that you're inheriting, you can just take an RMD distribution off of that. And it's usually two or three percent or less sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. depending on your age. And all of a sudden now we have to take 10 percent. That's a minimum now. Then wow. we're going to have to distribute that. So if you're talking a million or two million dollars, you know, all of a sudden you have to take that as a distribution that year. And that's on top of your other income. Right. This makes another case for Roth conversions. So if, yes. you, if you convert to a Roth within your lifetime, you know, the beneficiaries, there is no stretch on a Roth. There is no taxes on a Roth. So your beneficiaries have tax-free 
income as an inheritance, tax-free retirement monies. So now Roth conversions make even more sense if you limit, you know, the distribution to 10 years or less. Yeah. yeah we were working on actually a couple big cases anticipating this. And uh, I think our clients were like, ah, I don't know if that'll happen. You know, just kind of right. how you think the government takes so long sometimes. Right. And then sure enough, I mean, we were really at the point of where we were starting to have to implement some of the procedures to do this, to kind of plan for this. And then the week we're signing paperwork, it's like, yep, it passed Monday. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> and then yep. I, I think they didn't realize it would happen that quickly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you never know sometimes. But it makes sense. Why? Because the government can get taxed faster. So, mm-hmm. you know, any time it benefits money, the share. government, yep. yeah, it, mm-hmm. all these changes never benefit us. You know, we <laughs> right. benefit the government. Right. Yeah. They throw in the age 72 thinking it benefits <laughs> us, but I mean, really. a few people that may. Maybe. But most people, you're probably spending more than two or three percent of your portfolio at age 70 and a half anyways, unless you're still working. Mm-hmm. So there are some workarounds, but um, they increase that age, but then they slap the, you know. Pull all your inheritance. What they're really years. after. Yeah, exactly. They put on there what yeah. they're really after, which is revenue. And then they hide it in the spending bill. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah, they just <laughs> pack it onto road. something. Here we go. Yeah. Pass it. And uh, then we get to read it. Making finance fun. You're listening to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. We like to have some fun here on The Art of Money every weekend and uh, talk to you about the issues that a lot of people are facing as they get closer to retirement. And uh, here's one guy, though, who doesn't have any plans to retire yet, especially not in a political year. Sean Hannity, Fox News host. He actually uh, just celebrated a birthday over the holidays, guys, number 58. And if you're a regular, he does look good for 58. I agree. But uh, if you're a regular listener, you might remember that when Sean was a guest on our show a while back, we asked him what he thought about the future of Social Security. I tell everybody my age and younger, you can't depend on Social Security. Probably sooner than later, there's going to be means testing. I think they'll raise the age of eligibility. I don't trust that it's going to be there. They'll probably put a Band-Aid on it for a short period of time, but inevitably the math doesn't work. So hopefully Sean's wrong here, guys, but what if he's right? I mean, do we need to have some other income streams that we can count on just in case? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if you look at every change they're doing, you know, we just talked about one of those changes they just made at the end of last year. It's always in their favor. It's not in our favor. So, you know, someone like at Luke's age band um, in their 30s, I would imagine (laughs) that they're going to have a 25% reduction. There's a disadvantage for being younger, Luke. How about that? Hmm. That is. (laughs) <laughs> and I would imagine also his full benefit instead of being 67 is probably going to be 70 to 72. But what will my RMD be by then? Your RMD will get bigger. <laughs> it's not going to get less because they want you to have more money being pulled. Maybe 75. Yeah. So basically, you know, I just think anytime you look at something like Social Security, when the money's running out because they never saved it or never put it aside, all the changes are going to benefit the government. They're not going to benefit us. So you've got to account accordingly. So you need to look at those benefits being reduced and you need to look at things like uh, the cost of our Medicare, you know, is going to be go up too. So and if you have Part A and a supplement, you know, those costs are going to go up and they're going to eat into that benefit again. And they keep doing things like, you know, up to 85% of your Social Security now is taxed. You know, that's another way for them to reduce that benefit. And it's just stuff like that. So um, the changes are going to be negative. They're going to be adverse to retirement. They're not going to be pro-retirement. So any kind of strategies or changes we can do for our clients, we have to account those kind of changes in a negative factor, not a positive one. Yeah. And we have some good software here at the office where, you know, I'll build out a client's plan and we'll look at it and I say, okay, here's the plan. Here's what it looks like. And then what if Social Security is reduced by 50 percent 
in your plan and then see what happens? Or what if it's completely gone? Like, are you prepared? Are we helping you be prepared for not having Social Security, having less Social Security? Where's your income going to come from? These are all conversations. These are all scenarios we build out to the plan and just kind of lay things out there. You know, this is a possibility in the future. We should plan accordingly. Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Securities offered through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through ProStatus Group, LLC. McPherson Financial Group and ProStatus Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Art McPherson is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Arthur McPherson. Florida Insurance License Number A1 74725. Today's show has been a work of art. 